Hello, everyone, on this gorgeous Houston Friday night. It's Texans Radio. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. And it's only fitting, Johnny, that we end the week together on this program after the rookies show themselves today at NRG Park. And actually, yesterday they were in, and I kind of didn't get to the segment this morning. How are you doing, by the way, my friend? I'm, I'm doing okay. I'm hanging right. in there. A little, been a little under the weather. Starting you have. to come back a little bit, but... Not all the way there yet, but feeling feeling a little bit better, a little bit more energy, a little bit more voice. So that's good. Yeah, that's good. I mean that's uh, look. You went through the draft. It was probably the afterburners of the draft, right? <laughs> probably so. It took like seven to ten days to really catch up with you. Yeah, I mean and I don't doubt that. It it usually happens. I, I remember that that used to happen to me when I was coaching. Like right after the season was over, so around Thanksgiving it would start to hit. So the time between Thanksgiving and Christmas, mm. I would get it, and then I would get it right after spring football, like at the end of the school year. So my son had gotten it, and he must have passed it to me, and so it's Waco's. But uh, hopefully we're we're beyond it, and hopefully everybody else in the family will stay uh, stay away from it as well. In particular, my wife. Happy Mother's Day to Paige, and obviously to our wives because yep. this weekend it is Happy Mother's Day. So make sure everybody out there takes care of the moms, mm-hmm. sisters that are mothers, uh, friends that are mothers, whatever it is. But Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Boy, there's a lot to remember too in mm-hmm. some families. You know, oh, yeah. my mom passed away a long time ago, but. You know, you got to remember, your wife is the mother of your children. you got to mm-hmm. make sure not only you take care of her, but that the kids take care of yes. her. It's up to you yes. to make the kids do something for the mom. Otherwise, you failed, and it's going to come down on you, not the kids. Oh, you're right about that. Now, I have a little bit of an advantage because mine are 15, almost 16, and 18. Right. So they can sort of figure it out on their own. Yours are a little younger, so you got to oh, yeah. kind of lead them in that particular Oh, my direction. five-year-old would binge-watch Paw Patrol and forget about the whole thing. <laughs> And the 12-year-old, Fortnite City, and it's over with. Speaking of Fortnite, did you see David Price? Yes, carpal tunnel syndrome. And apparently it's from playing too much Fortnite? He denies it. He denies it. My kid also denies the fact that he forgot about his (gasps) month-long would-be homework assignment that he started two days ago and got done last night close to midnight. And by done, I mean almost done. He had to finish it this morning. So... Uh, yeah, Fortnite, people are forgetting things. People are mm-hmm. addicted to this game, highly addictive. I don't play it, but I've watched him play it, so I understand yeah. it. Yeah. And I get it. I get why these things are so addictive. My wife thinks it's like heroin. Hey, I don't know. It might be. Who knows? you got to be careful with this stuff, though. Uh, there's no no doubt. And the, But I, I read his comment. Uh, David Price's comment was priceless because it's like, hey, if I, if I got carpal tunnel playing Fortnite, well... It was almost like so be it. I'm like so be it. You make thirty million a year, bro. To pitch to keep those <laughs> yeah. hands working. Yeah, I mean, you keep those things pristine. If you you get somebody else to play with the joystick, you tell them what mm-hmm. to do. You keep your hands off of that, and you go pitch, man. You make thirty million a year, a year. Right. You can't have carpal tunnel syndrome because you're playing a video game. And I got nothing against people that play video games. I think it's it's pretty amazing. I mean, we had the the Madden Championship here, right? And Silent Soldier ended up winning that, and it was just amazing to see them manage everything about the game, when to take timeouts, when not to. It was fascinating, and I I remember saying to you, I can't tell you how many games these guys have played. Yep. And when we asked one of the guys, you know, how often do you play, he says, all day, every day that I'm not working. Yep. Like how many so these games? guys are pros in a way. Yeah, it's amazing. And I'm sure David David Price is probably a pro at Fortnite, but he's also a pro at Major League Baseball. Yeah. And he needs to be a pro at that. So Exactly. Unless esports starts paying you thirty million a year, which maybe we're heading that direction, who knows? But 
I would continue with the pitching. I think part. the Madden thing is interesting to bring up, though, because these players, and and I think we talked about it on the air at the time. I know we talked about it off the air, but these players who play all these games, they get so many reps at yeah. time management. Absolutely, and the time management part of those games is very real. Absolutely. The clock is running, the play clock, everything balances out the same. Yep. Now you don't have the human element, obviously, in the way things are executed. You do have some play calling stuff, but. I'm with you that those reps are valuable, and real NFL coaches don't have the time to do that. Right. But maybe they should take some time to do that. I know in the off season, and we got to catch up with Bill O'Brien about this stuff because he talked to the media today, but it was all about these rookies. In the off season, they do have these conversations with the coaching staff. What do yeah. we do if there's two timeouts left, and you have this situation? Yeah. You're up four, down four, whatever, and you have this much time left. How do you handle these timeouts? But by playing Madden, you'd get into those situations naturally and see yep. what works and what doesn't. In real life, think about it. They only have 16 shots a season. Preseason yep. doesn't even come into play. Right. And sometimes in the regular season, it doesn't even come into play. So actual real crunch issues, maybe 10 out of the 16 games. Yeah, and I watched those guys. The championship game was fascinating because they they both understood that where they were, it was it was 13 to 12. And the player that was ahead was calling timeouts because he knew that all that all he was going to do was run the clock down and kick a field goal, and then that was it. Oh, the so other he guy, was yeah. calling his timeouts mm-hmm. to make sure that he got a stop, right. forced the field goal when he could force it, and then have some time to move it back. Score. It was just fascinating. And a lot of coaches, like Belichick in the Super Bowl against Seattle, uh, some uh, yeah. coaches don't understand this. And I never understood, well, they won that game. Right. Had they not won right. that game – that would have been maybe a more colossal championship game time blunder than Chris Weber calling a timeout that right. didn't exist yep. when the Fab Five faced North Carolina. It would be historic. Oh yeah, the blunder in terms of lack of time awareness in a major sporting event in a championship. And although what was fascinating about it was it was third and six, and so we all know incomplete pass is going to stop the clock even in Madden. Right, same rules, but. The Silent Soldier also knew that, hey, if I get this first down, <laughs> if I get this first down, I can run the clock out and win this game. He never touches the ball again. Right. And so typically in that situation, a third and six when you're in field goal range, you wouldn't throw mm-hmm. the ball. But he felt like if I throw the ball, if I don't throw the ball and don't get this first down, he's got mm-hmm. as good a chance to go down and score as any. So i got to throw this and get this first down. And so he did. He threw it, got a first down. He was able to run it down, kick the field goal two seconds. I just thought it was masterful. And when you do that every day and you're playing that game over and over again, you start to understand those things. And you may not know a lick of what you're calling, what play you should be running, what coverage you're looking at, even if it's just managing the time at right. the end of a game. I mean, that's that's one of the most difficult things I think a coach has to do, and especially if you are calling plays yeah. like Bill O'Brien does. If you're doing that and trying to manage all that, that's a lot going on. you got you got voices in your ears. There's a lot happening there. I mean, and that's why it's funny. We watch these guys play Madden. they got their headphones on. They're listening to music the whole time. They don't want to hear any other ambient music. They don't want to hear anything. Wow. They're listening to music the entire time. Like, they'll put headphones over another set of headphones, so that's all they're hearing is just their music, and that's it. And they play it the whole way. There's something very spooky about all I know, of this. It's kind of fascinating. It's scary. It's so sci-fi. It really is. By the way, Vanderkid, very good at this stuff, too. In flag football last year, we yeah. were up one. Inside two minutes to go, it comes down to four plays. You're allowed to run four plays, either team, right? Yeah. So we're up one near their goal line, and he said, Daddy, don't score. We cannot score here. Tell the guys not to score, because if we score, yeah. you know, we could go up. Seven, you know, maybe if we 
went for two, but we wouldn't have right, gone right. for two. Anyway, they would have a chance to come down either tie or take the lead had we missed our conversion. So he made a great point. I'm like, oh, my gosh, you're right. we right. got to, like, take knees, you know, right. allow the flags to be pulled. So uh, it's obviously a great asset. All right, let's talk rookies here. We kind of went off on a little video game tangent, but why not? By the way, I think Madden is a tremendous game. I it's mean, it's unbelievable. It, it I mean, really is good. The amount of football IQ that's in that, my, mm-hmm. they've done so much with that over the years. It's incredible. And apparently, my kid told me, and he loves NBA 2K, but he said this past year's NBA 2K is not as good for some reason. Mm-hmm. I said, why not? He said, nah, they've ruined it. Ruined it. All my friends think they've ruined it. So I'll I'll get you a better definition. But they love Madden and they love Fortnite, of course. All right. So you have tryout guys. You have college free agents. I I want people to get the picture here. You have the draft choices. You have eight of those. Yep. You have college free agents that you sign. Those are the undrafted free agents. They would be in the Dylan Cole category from last year. Greg Mance from a few years ago. Arian Foster once upon a time. Players like that. Then you have tryout guys. Tryout guys are unsigned. They're just here for the weekend unless they get an undrafted free agent type of contract. These are rookies or guys who might have had a splash somewhere because I see a one next to the names of a couple. Yeah, and the thing, keep in mind there, if you're like, well, wait a second, who's going to make it off a tryout? Chris Thompson was a tryout player last year. Yep, Corey Corey Moore was a tryout player uh, a few years ago. That's pretty good. He's been with the Texans ever since. I mean, he's a starter. Absolutely. So you can can find players with these tryout guys, and, and obviously there are... There are some that I that I ended up looking at going, hey, those names look familiar. A couple of those names look familiar even in, even in the tryout category. And obviously, the you got to have a quarterback to run everything. Right. So Rice University's quarterback, Tyler Stelling. Is that the right way of saying it? Uh, Stelling. How would you say that? I don't well, see it in the pronunciation guide, so yeah, I'm going I don't Stelling. Have, yeah, but is there an L there? Okay. Staling. Staling. Either way, Rice's Staling. quarterback is going to be here. And that happened a couple of years ago. Um, I think you're right, Stelling. With uh, Kevin Henderson, who came in here to be the tryout quarterback. He was the quarterback mm-hmm. for that. And he was just a tryout player because they had their three quarterbacks. They need point. an arm. So Stelling's arm might fall off this weekend. He's the it only might. guy in camp who's it a quarterback. Might. It might. But the tryout players, there are 19 of them. And they 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 run the gamut. Uh, like you said, there's a lot of rookies in here. But there are also a couple of guys. One in particular, I saw the name and went, whoa, Jeremy Liggins. He used mm-hmm. to be a quarterback at Ole Miss. He was like a 300-pound quarterback at Ole Miss, and they finally said, uh, look, you're going to have to go to offensive tackle. Does the name Jared Lorenzen mean anything to you? It does, but Jared stayed as a quarterback. Jeremy mm-hmm. ended up, and now they have him listed as a nose tackle. Does so the name Ben Roethlisberger? I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. He's not 300 pounds. Right. Close. Who's the heaviest NFL quarterback? Like, Lorenzen probably Ooh. is right up there. Big dudes who played oh, oh, left of all was time. Left which was big, but Lorenzen was the biggest. Yeah. Lorenzen was three bills. Yeah, and I sure. think left which was probably he was, 260, 70 yeah, maybe. Yeah, he was 265, 270, yes. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I think it's got I mean, it's got to be Lorenzen. There was nobody. Yeah. When, you, you, when you have earned the nickname Hefty Lefty, you are. I want to see Lorenzen be the backup here and run the Watson stuff, you know. Here we go. Uh, Zone read, Lorenzo. You're using the word run maybe in the wrong way. <laughs> goal line. But, man, he could sling it, though. He's our goal line quarterback. Well, we had one one time in a playoff game. It All didn't right, go so well. Not, but uh, let's not noob. go noob. I didn't say that, did I? Mm-mm. Did I say that out loud? All right, so tryout guys. Stelling, the quarterback from Rice, who's from Spring. He's 6'6". I've seen his highlight reel from high school, even. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of got a Matt Schaub sort of look to him. I mean, in a good way, you know. He's But he's got the... 
bigger wind up and things yeah. like that. Look, he's just hoping to hang on here. Maybe maybe dazzle the coaches. You never know what happens. Yeah. Hey, if I'm a tryout quarterback type of player, mm-hmm. I want to be here because I'm looking at who they have on the roster. They have they have Whedon, who's you know we don't yep. have to recap his resume, and they have Joe Webb, yep. who I don't know what they're really thinking with Joe Webb. You know, Joe Webb can throw the football, but they brought him in here as an athlete, special teams guy, quarterback, yes. But we'll see how that all works out. Yeah. So I, I think that if you're Tyler Stelling, you're thinking, all right, you never know. Somebody gets nicked up. Maybe I can really make an impression here and find a way to hang on. Yeah, I mean, that's all really – when you're a child player, that's what you're thinking. You're thinking – I know a lot of the rookies are thinking about when I get in the starting lineup, when do I get to make that impact, mm-hmm. when can I think about that second contract. I mean, they're thinking about things down the road. They're right. drafted players. That's That's – it's imaginable for them to do that and reasonable for them to do that. You're a trial player. You're thinking one drill to the next. I got to impress everybody in this drill. I got to impress everybody in this drill. I got to hope at the end of this thing they don't shake my hand and go, hey, thanks for coming. I got to hope that they come to me and go, look, you impressed us. Come on up to the office. Let's sign a contract and get this done. But only 13 college free agents this year because, as we've talked about many times, the roster – was was filled with a lot of veterans, with a lot of free agent signees. It kind of flipped from last year. Last year there were more rookies and there were no free agent signees. This year there were more free agent signees, and so you've got less college free agents. So I'm looking forward. This is a pretty interesting group. A lot of these guys are very familiar to a lot of people. And the one guy on here that went to a school that probably nobody's heard of is maybe the most well-known amongst people that follow the draft, and that's Vincent Smith. Vincent Smith, big receiver. He runs a what, Johnny? He runs a four three nine forty. He crushed it. At his pro day. Just absolutely And he's from it. Limestone. You know, once upon a time, Jacoby Jones was here from a school that no one ever heard of. Yeah. he Well, Vincent ran at uh, South Carolina's pro day because mm-hmm. Limestone didn't have a pro day, so he went to... No kidding. He's from Columbia, and so he went to South Carolina, and he ran his pro day, and he destroyed it. And there was a picture that was going around social media of him having a one-on-one, or at least talking, with Bill Belichick. Mm. And it blew up from there. All of a sudden, I would read about him getting visits here and there. And he went to the Patriots for a visit. And I didn't know that – I don't know if he did come to the Texans or if I saw that or not. But I thought it would be kind of interesting whether – he's 6'2", about 195, 200 pounds, runs that fast. Like, man, he's going to have a chance to make a roster at that size. Right. And he can run that speed. Well, he's going to be interesting, and I saw he had signed with the Texans. So um, glad to see him here to be able to compete for one of those wide receiver spots. But he's signed. He's not a tryout guy. But he was the talk du jour for a lot of the a lot of draft Twitter, basically. Hey, what's Vincent Smith doing? Of course, his name is unique, the way that he spells Vincent. So that kind of stands out, too. But when you're 6'2", 195, and you can run the four threes, uh, you're going to get attention as well that way. All right, Johnny's going to stick around, and I know what you're thinking. Where's the help at tackle? Don't the Texans need some help there? Well, there is some help there out on the Houston Methodist Training Center fields this weekend, possibly. So let's discuss that. D.P. Sidhu also stops by. She's going to give some advice to the new Houstonians, how to adapt to our fair city, and then some. It's Texans Radio. Texans All Access here. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris over there here in the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio at NRG Stadium, which was alive and kicking today with Texans Rookie Camp. Day one in the books. Let's talk more about these rookies. We mentioned it. Where's the help at tackle? Everyone's thinking about that. They know about the draft class. They know about Martinez Rankin, who got drafted by this team in the third round. And now they want to know who else is on the way in the ter- in terms of college free agents. Well, you've heard about Carl Malone's son, K.J. Malone, from LSU being here. What about him, Johnny? 
prospect-wise, 320 pounds, big kid. What do you like about him? What needs work? He's 6'4". Well, first of all, there's a category right up here called POS, position. Right. And if you go down and you look at the position in front of K.J. Malone's name, what do you see? Guard. Yeah, a guard, which I think is very, very interesting. But he was a tackle but at LSU. But he was a tackle at LSU. And, and I thought he would stay a tackle at LSU, but with a, a guy of his size, and he's got some heavy hands, he'll hit you, he'll strike, he likes to be physical. Um, I thought maybe there's a chance he would move into guard, but he's got that versatility, the fact that he's played both guard and and tackle, or could could play guard but has played tackle in the past that transition for some guys can be very difficult just because they don't have that core functional strength I think he does Mm -hmm. so I'm not too surprised to see them move him into guard but I wouldn't be surprised if during this this time frame they have him plenty at at tackle think about it if you're going to get multiple reps with guys how many tackles are actually going to be at this at this mini camp you got Martinez Rankin you got mm-hmm. Jared Jones Smith, who I find very intriguing. All right, let me ask you about him. And two Rookie other from, trial players. All right, we'll talk about them in a second here. Jeez, you're getting way ahead of the game. Okay, here. Sorry. from Pitt, Jared Jones Smith, three hundred thirty-five pounds, six seven. Tell me about him. Well, I remember seeing him at the combine, and I'd seen him play a little bit, and I thought hey, he's probably a day three guy. I thought he would. I thought he would get drafted, and I saw him work out at the combine, and I didn't think he was the greatest athlete in the world, but. You could see the measurables. I mean, long arms, tall, as you said, six seven. But he can move okay. I think tackle is obviously a place that they had to try and focus. And so they – I've said this before. This was not a great tackle draft. Right. This was just not – for whatever reason, it just was one of those years. Like next year I don't think will be a great quarterback draft. This, this year was just not a great tackle draft. And so I think that was indicative when you look around the league. There weren't that many tackles taken, or at least they were pushed down into later rounds. And I think Jared Jones Smith is one of those guys. I don't. I, right now, I would say he's clearly behind Martinez Rankin. I'm Rankin, obviously, was a third rounder, but I think mm-hmm. he's behind him. But I think when you're looking for measurables and elite size and length, I think you have it in a guy like that. And when you can sign a player in a college free agent process with his length and with his size, you absolutely do it. And then get him in here, get him to your system, and you know what? Maybe a guy fits better to your system than what they were doing at Pitt. And they mm-hmm. had different systems over the years. But maybe he fits yours a little bit better. Maybe he comes right in and steps right in and does a really nice job for you. Maybe he ends up being a, uh, you know, one of those guys that ends up playing tight end and you're six offensive lineman set. But long, long. And I don't think he's as long as Julian, but he's long. But he's also 20 pounds heavier than Julian, too, at 6'7 and 335. So he's got a little bit of, he's got a little bit of something. He hits you with some hands that are pretty heavy. So I like the fact that they were able to sign him as an undrafted free agent. By the way, side note on Julian Davenport, we'll see these guys soon enough out of the mm-hmm. Houston Methodist Training Center fields. But I'm thinking that Julian, just by looking at him in the hallways, has done a lot of work to the body yep. and really done some stuff to strengthen himself and, and beef up a little bit at I that position. I, I just feel like, Mark, he's I, – I think people that have been talking about him, they, they remember the game against the Colts here, which was a cluster you-know-what on so many different levels. It was a few days after Deshaun had torn his ACL – yeah, uh, you know, they couldn't even game plan. I mean, really. they were banged up. I mean, Chris Clark was banged up. I mean, it was just it was a tough week altogether. And then Julian's thrown in there and said, "All right, go against your ball sheared." Then he got hurt, but then he came back for those last two games. And if you watched in depth, and I and I did, I just watched him. I didn't watch anything else from those other two games. There was nothing. There was nothing there to watch. 
I mean, really fun times. But I watched him, <laughs> and I watched him specifically. And I walked out of there going, if he's the left tackle going forward, if he makes that year one to year two jump, if right. he's added a little bit of weight, I think the Texans are going to be not only just fine at tackle, I think in due time they're going to have a really solid football player in Julian Davenport. I'm looking forward to what he can do. That said, bringing in guys of Jared Jones-Smith, of Martinez Rankin, to push him and not hand it to him and right. not say, hey, this job is yours, I think that's going to be helpful as well to have that competition there. But it, you know, you've all, you always ask this question, if they had to play today, would Julian be the guy? I think he would be, absolutely no question, and I would feel totally fine with that. All right, tryout guys. The rookie from Wyoming, Ryan Cummings, who helped protect Josh Allen, 6'6", 310 pounds, Colorado native. What about him? Well, you know, the one the one thing they ended up saying about a lot of the Wyoming players were they weren't very good. Josh Allen didn't have much of a chance because he didn't have much around him. I don't know that I would say that was the case for the offensive line. I don't think the offensive line across, all the way across was was great. But there were times watching Cummings where I felt like, yeah, this guy's got something. I mean, mm-hmm. I could see him having an opportunity to get into a camp. But, again, as a tryout player, you're just looking for just one thing that stands out so I can bring you to camp. And if you think about the, the, the positions, which positions do you think would have an opportunity to make this roster? Well, a guy at tackle. Yeah. So, uh, we'll have an, and look, we're not going to see them – we're not going to see them pads, pass protect, all that kind of stuff, but we are going to be able to see how athletic they are. Can they move? Can they go? And if they can do that, then they got an opportunity to get to the 90-man roster when they get to the Greenbrier. And that's all there. That's all. It's a trial player. Just get me to the Greenbrier, and then we put the pads on, and then I got a shot. And that's all you're looking yep. to do. Yeah, you just don't want to go home this weekend and have to look for a real job. <laughs> exactly. I mean, if you're a trial player, a that's what, job. Well, that's what it is. Yeah, no, exactly. And then you might think, well, maybe I could try out again next year. Well, that's going to be a long time. Right. You're going to have to keep yourself in great shape. Exactly. And likely earn a living at the same time. Kendall Calhoun is from Cincinnati, another big dude, 6'7", seven, seven, but only... 300 pounds. <laughs> so is he a rebounder or is he a tackle? Well, I I was a big fan. I watched Cincinnati, but I watched more of the left side. I thought that Corey Cunningham was the left tackle for Cincinnati, and I mm-hmm. thought he had a chance to get drafted here mm-hmm. uh, with the Texans because I thought any any tackle worth his, worth his salt, so to speak, I thought the Texans would be interested in. So I spent a lot of time watching Corey Cunningham, and, of course, when you get tunnel, tunnel vision like that, um, you focus in more on that guy than you do anybody else, and that's kind of what I did uh, as I watched him. So I have not really watched Calhoun that much, but again, at tackle, I mean, what really you, you don't you're not expecting much from these guys, but man, if they show you just the slightest bit of athleticism, the slightest bit of retention of knowledge or whatever it mm-hmm. is, you're going to roll with that guy. There's no question going forward. All right, so some of the other names, positions excluded here, or not noting the position, but just noting the player. I'm looking at the schools, and they have a rookie from Maine here, and I'm wondering if Brian Gain is doing a solid for us all. Uh, I'm just kidding about this. The safety from Maine, Jason Matavu, I don't know about him. Safety from that league, but we'll see. We'll see. He's Cambridge, Massachusetts native. So, you know, you get the Massachusetts thing going on here. But anybody like anybody pique your interest other than the guys we've already talked about among the tryout players today? Well, well I think amongst the tryout players, mm-hmm. you know, I watched Ulrich Jones uh, play at South Carolina um, a, a bunch, actually, and a little surprised that he he didn't at least get signed somewhere from out of South Carolina, 6'5", 3'10". Mm-hmm. I always felt like there was a lot more 
untapped potential there for Ulrich Jones than than potentially he played with, uh, if I'm being honest about that. So he's a guy to me that very impressive. Just wow, he's kind of impressive when you see him six five three ten. But I watching him, I thought, man, he's got something there. It's just it's he's not producing the way I would have expected a guy that mm-hmm. looked that athletic. But that was really the first name when I looked at this list of un, of uh, trial players. That was the first uh, name that came to mind was Ulrich Jones. And then Jeremy Liggins is a nose tackle. Look, he was a quarterback three or four years ago at Ole Miss, a 300-pound Jared Lorenzen-type quarterback, and they would put him in the game as a Wildcat quarterback. Then they moved him out to tackle, off at the tackle, and that really didn't take all that well, and so he ended up moving uh, inside to nose tackle, and he's been away from the game for a little bit. He's a first-year player. Mm-hmm. So the hope is you bring him in, and look, if you with one of these trial players, it's like found money. You know, if a guy right. ends up being signed after being a trial player, it's like you found 10 bucks in your wall. It's a good feeling. All right, back to the undrafted free agents in just a second here. But if I'm going all name on this list, it's Patrick Chowda. <laughs> Chowda. Uh, it's not really pronounced that way. Close it's enough. spelled C-H-O-U-D-J-A, but it's pronounced Chowda, which I'm just praying he makes the team oh, that with a bunch perfect. of New England guys in the coaching staff. Anyway, back to the college free agents. What about Terry Swanson, the running back from Toledo? Over 1,300 yards rushing, 14 touchdowns. Now, you talk about the ability to make things happen in the Mid-American Conference, mm-hmm. considering he replaced Kareem Hunt with the Rockets. Yep. What do you think of him? Yeah, I, I like him. When I, you know, Again, one of those guys that, as you're going through the draft, you, you're not... I know for me it wasn't keeping track of every single guy that was picked. It was react to the guys that are that are being picked. And so when I started seeing his name being floated around as one that was going to sign with the Texans, I thought, ooh, I kind of like this. Thought that 5'10", 205, he's got, some, he's got some jukes. He can move. I think he runs very hard. I think he is going to be a, a very interesting fit in this offense. Uh, alongside Deshaun Watson, whatever quarterback he runs with, but just his his quickness alone, I thought was really impressive. But to me, the two running backs with Swanson and Levon Coleman from Washington, Coleman's mm-hmm. a hammer. Coleman runs like a Mack truck. He's a tank. Two thirty five, five eleven. He is an absolute tank, and he moves pretty well. And at Washington, it was kind of strange. Sometimes it would be Levon Coleman. Sometimes it would be Miles Gaskin. But LeVon Coleman, to me, was the one they would put in in the fourth quarter when they needed to run clock, they needed to pound on teams. He was I thought for sure he was going to get drafted. 235 pounds, runs pretty well, but just at that size and his elusiveness, I thought he'd definitely get drafted. Did not, and so I think he's a great candidate to come in here and be a guy that gets the Kenny Hilliard-like carries in mm-hmm. the you know, second, third preseason game. Remember Kenny getting a bunch of those carries. Um you know, he might be able to, as, if he does well with that, he can move up and get some of the second team right. reps in games two or three. Cause and then know, injuries, maybe. Who exactly. knows? And how much is Deontay Foreman going to do? Yeah. Because he's banged up. Oh, so, yeah, there are reps to go around. No question. And so I think these two guys, first of all, surprised neither one of them got drafted. Glad that they're here, but they're two different style guys. They're, they're the proverbial thunder and lightning sort of uh-huh. players as two undrafted guys, but they're going to come in here and compete, and they're going to get a lot of reps. It's, it's a good point, Johnny. A lot of reps to the Greenbrier. They, they, bring, they bring back Alfred Blue, mm-hmm. and they like Alfred Blue. He's right. a good special teams player. They know he can fill in at running yep. back and do some things, but they know who he is. They know yep. what he can do at this point. He's a veteran. They want to look at these young guys. You're a young running back. You are going to get a big taste here yep. of action, and we'll see how this all works out for them. 
I'm also looking at some other people here. Let's go with Andre Chassere. Yes, Chassere. Chassere. So Andre he's Cajun? He's got to be Cajun. No, it's <laughs> he's got to be Cajun. Andre Chassere, who actually played corner on the same defensive backfield as Jermaine Kelly, seventh round draft choice. Well, the Texans did that a couple years ago too. I remember when they they signed one corner and then they brought in Jimmy Pruitt as a uh, tryout player. And I'm trying to remember who that other corner was, and I can't think of his name off the top of my head. But they both ended up in, during, the, during the rookie minicamp making making a few plays, and now they've gone back to the well with Jermaine Kelly in the seventh round. And then Andre at six foot, 200 pounds. Mm-hmm. I mean, man, San Jose State had some big corners. It's funny, I, I've told a story that after Jermaine was drafted that I was watching for a linebacker, Frank Jinda, had 173 tackles. But as I was watching them, I would see these two corners ended up making plays. Like, man, these corners are pretty good. Like, what's the deal with these guys? And so kind of put it on the far back burner, and then I saw the Texans obviously drafted Jermaine Kelly, and then they signed uh, Andre the other side. And I thought, man, they had a few good players. They had also had an outside linebacker I was interested in. That I thought he's a little small, though. But these guys can make some plays, and they're going to get after and get, get competitive. And I think it's going to be fun to see them go against these receivers. But the opportunity is there. Again, we talk about about tackle, but also a corner. If you got the if you're six foot two hundred pounds and uh-huh. you can run at all, you got an opportunity. Yeah, that's not me really. But, no, not but, not me either. But if you do have but those if you dimensions, do then this is an opportunity for mm-hmm. you. There's no question. And again, you're going to get a bunch of reps at the Greenbrier too, because I would imagine Kevin Johnson coming off, uh, you know, coming off last year, he'll get a bunch Ooh. of reps. J. Joe, I mean, I would imagine you try and limit his reps. Aaron Absolutely. Colvin, you're gonna you're gonna have some reps on the inside. Mm-hmm. So there's a bunch of reps to go around at the outside corner positions. So I think these guys, uh, especially Shashiri, is going to get a ton of reps, which is going to be great for him. Divergence get going to get a bunch, and he'll be working. Diverge and Josh Thornton are going to be working this week with the rookies in rookie minicamp, so that's going to help them as well. Guys that were here last year didn't uh, spent the year on practice squad. They're going to have an opportunity uh, to get some reps. They've got a little bit of advantage because they know the scheme. They've been here. So Diverge and Josh Thornton are going to be out there as well, which is going to be fun to see. Johnny, thank you. You got it, Mark. Thank you. Coming up, D.P. Sidhu steps into the Hyundai Texans radio studio. We'll talk about these new Texans, these new rookies, how to get them acclimated to the building and to the city of Houston and some other stuff as well on Texans Radio. It's Texans Radio, and as a public service, we're going to help the rookies tonight who have reported for rookie minicamp. Practice number one of the books for today. They'll be back out of the Houston Methodist Training Center practice fields tomorrow. And watching the action and talking about the action and some of the nuances that the rookies face being Houstonians. D.P. Sidhu, how's it going, D.P.? It's going great, Mark. We just came in from practice yeah. a little while ago. It feels like a long time since we've been out there. You know, it kind of feels good to be hot out there at practice. It's early. And watch it's the a action. little early for us. Yeah, it's a but little it is, early. It is warm. But you know what? I'll, I'll, I'm not I'll complaining, take it. though. I'll take it. You know what yeah. drives me nuts about Texans? And this, this kind of plays into some of these rookies coming in from places that are a lot cooler than this generally. That actual Texans complain about a, a day like today being hot. Are you kidding? Do you live here? This is nothing. <laughs> In a month, we're going to be begging for this weather. Well, it was it was 50 like two weeks ago, Mark. I mean, we I just know. skipped from 50 to 90. It's true. Spring is like, nope, you don't get a spring. I, I blinked and I missed it. So yeah. I, I think that's where some of the complaining may come from. And I may or may not be guilty of that myself when I stepped mm-hmm. outside. But I did preface it with, but this is nothing compared to what it's like during training camp. Of course. I, I understand that. Except still, for Greenbrier, which is very nice. Yes. But some of the Texans, the new Texans, Come into Houston, and you wrote about this on HoustonTexans.com. Go check out the week slant. It's every week. It's DP stuff 
on some of the other stuff, off-field stuff. Anyway, they're facing a lot of differences in being a Houstonian as opposed to wherever they might be from. Yeah, and you know, the week slant is just more like a tongue-in-cheek sort of fun mm-hmm. fun article. But I thought, well, with rookie minicamp and you see all this stuff on Twitter uh, with the guys from last year, sort of learning about what Houston's all about. thought it might be kind of fun to give some tips to rookies. I myself did not grow up in Houston, but I've lived here for over 20 years. I've lived more of my life in Houston than in Indianapolis, which is where I was born. But I right. feel like it... We forgive you for that, by the way. It's, it's okay, but it was all my adult life, you know? Mm-hmm. It's it's not like I was a newborn and I don't remember what was happening when I moved here. Like, I remember every instance yeah. of when I moved here. So I feel like I could give advice to people moving to Houston, especially mm-hmm. since I wasn't born here, because there are a lot of things about Houston that really confused the heck out of me when I first moved here. Okay, one thing, and we'll go in no particular order, sure. is streets that have two names... Still confuses more, me, actually. Or more, <laughs> and streets that have one name, but they stop and then start up again a half mile down the road, or not down the road, but a half mile later, they'll start up again. I never got this about Houston. Why do you have Bel Air that turns into Holcomb? Right. Or why do you have Stella Link that turns into Wesleyan, which and, turns into... And then it turns into Willowick. Yeah, so it has three names, right. and maybe Stella Link turns into something else south. I don't even know. It may. But why do you have that? When it's all one continuous street, and then you have a continuous street like, say, Sunset, which stops, and then it continues right. after, at some point, when it can keep going again. What is the deal with that? You know, I, I don't know, and I really think that people that moved here before there was Waze mm-hmm. and MapQuest and Google Maps and GPS, right. like, we really had it tough because I remember moving here. Streets have different names, and freeways have different names. Mm-hmm. I get why they do it, because you can just say Southwest Freeway. You know exactly which section of 59 I'm talking yeah. about, right? right? East Texas Freeway. South Loop, I know exactly where that is. West Loop, I know exactly where that is. Yeah. I don't have to define the exits. But when I used to watch traffic in the morning before mm-hmm. heading to work, I thought, how many freeways does Houston have? Oh, when you first came here? Yeah, and I used to work off of 59 in Stafford. I used to work right. at that big Texas Instruments down there. And right. I would always wait for accidents, but they would never say 59. They hardly ever said 59. They'd yeah, it, they don't say 59. They call it everything but 59. Yep. Southwest Freeway. There's Katy Freeway, I-10. Right. 290 is just 290, I think. And 249, I believe, is just 249, and 288 is 288. Yeah. Like the worst roads, although 249 is not that bad. But 290 and 288, they're so bad <laughs> that they have no other name, well, I guess. And then Bellway 8 is the tollway. But oh, then there's the Sam Hardy, Houston Toll Road. Sam Houston Toll Road. Right. But then there's the Hardy Toll Road, oh, which gosh, I, remember, right. I remember ending up on that by These accident. These poor rookies <laughs> coming in, they're not going to know anything. <laughs> you know, you mentioned it. All right, and I tweeted a picture earlier today of me on the practice field because I said it, it just sort of dawned on me this is rookie camp number 17 for me you're no rookie to rookie camps i'm no rookie but if 2002 feels like a couple of years ago to me it really does but you're right when i moved here there was no ways there were no google maps how did we get around without being they and when i moved when i moved here and i worked for sports radio 610 and the houston texans they threw me a key map which is like a the binder book. yeah and oh. they said, this is how you get around Houston that's with a key su- map. That's super safe while you're driving to be like, yeah, oh, be index, through. index to this <laughs> quadrant of the map. Yeah, I had no idea where I was going. Uh, luckily, a lot of it is grid-like, but when you get southwest, things kind of – and I live in Sugarland now. The land of purposely, sugar. No, it's like roundy, roundy-bout yeah. roads, twisty, twervy, and it takes Because they want forever. it to be interesting. Right. It also takes a lot longer to get to the freeway because you're <laughs> going in a complete semicircle to get yeah, there. Yeah. No, I know all the direct cuts now. You do? I know all my little Sugarland shortcuts. Yeah. It's the oh. greatest city in America. Yes. I, uh, I think I know that you believe this. Because, I do believe this. Yeah. Yes, I'm like the uh, fully I, I'm the unofficial mayor of Sugarland. 
And I do have company. I have co-mayors. Anyway, so you uh, you talked about yes. this. And what about food places and other things Yeah, as actually, well? we didn't even get into the traffic too much because it was, it was mainly what, what players were tweeting about. Uh, restaurants, I think, are the mm. big thing in Houston. Everybody finds right. out very quickly, as even the free agents did. There are a lot of places to eat in Houston. There's a lot of restaurants. Who was asking about breakfast places? That was Lamar Miller, who's been here for a few yeah. years. And people were actually, and I know this only because, not because I have so much free time, but because we compile these things for likes and stuff. Yeah. So I was just reading through some of the comments, and people were like, Lamar, I told you two years ago to go to this one place. And, and he said, yeah. well, I've tried that, and I've tried that, and I've tried that, I've tried yep. that. And yet there were still a list of places, and even I had not tried before. I don't want to recommend my breakfast places because be I don't want them too crowded on the weekends when I like to go there. I, if you like it, it's probably not a secret, but I'm probably sure not. I'm sure you probably know some people you can get in. No, but. I know some uh, some real cool hangouts down in the land of sugar for the weekend. Yeah, all right for uh, breakfast spots. I always have, you know, how on your phone you have notes. Right. I always have a, a list of restaurants to try, and it's just ever Oh, you're growing. so smart to do that. Because I always forget. You know, you always want to go out to eat somewhere, and you're like, oh, what's that one place that I wanted to try? That's like movies that I need to see, yeah. and I forget whenever there's a window of opportunity to watch a movie. Like, what am I supposed to see again? I forgot. You know? That one movie is supposed to be really good. Yeah, so start a, start a page of restaurant recommendations, because mm-hmm. that's going to grow really fast. All right, so what else did they talk water. about? Water. And, and the water thing was really more... <laughs> water. Drink water. <laughs> hey, Drink water. This just in. This just in. Water's good for you actually i thought it was funny somebody tweeted that they were at that a music festival up north and nearly passed out and deshaun watson handed him a bottle of water oh he did he yeah. was there yeah so and he took care of them so he did which i thought was a very random thing for for it to happen and now with twitter we all know that that happened nasa got a shout out i love nasa i mean i'm i have a engineering background so i love nasa and i think the players really embrace nasa they as should. nasa embraces the texans do you remember scott kelly went up into space he had mm-hmm. the longest mission at the time it was like 340 days in space wow. he was there during football season he's come out to i think either training camp or one of our practices and he would display his texans flag up in space and I point like to that. nrg stadium so yeah i mean we get a lot of support from nasa and jj watt was there recently such a great part of american history nasa it is amazing you know i had relatives come from india like 10 years ago mm-hmm. and and I took them to NASA, and they were just in awe. Like, oh, we remember in the 60s and the 70s watching this on TV, yeah. and here we are in NASA. In You know, I don't, I don't want to say, well, it's, Don't it's get not, me started on why we don't have a space shuttle here. Yeah, okay? it's, it's not really right. But still, it's mission control. Well, you know? exactly. It's a big deal. Exactly. The Johnson Space Center, again, part of American history. All right, I need your um, your ruling on this. I have. I don't think I've ever done this before. But I went total fanboy on Deshaun Watson at the Houston Texans Charity Golf Class Uh-oh. earlier this week. You did? What did you do? I had him take – I took a selfie with him, and we <laughs> posed for another picture. You know, my wife takes some pictures for the team, and she took a picture of us. Okay. I did that. But did I don't you... think I've ever done – I've never done that with Shab or David Carr. Really? Or I probably did with Andre Johnson, but with my kid, you know. I think it was just my kid and Andre Johnson – I don't think I've ever had one of me and a player like, hey, and I posted it on Instagram. So what possessed you to pick Deshaun? It's, it's the power of Watson. It's it's it's, it's Watson power. And, and Instagram. It's a good Instagram post. It's good. You, I didn't put it on Twitter this. or Facebook. I said this is an IG deal. It's IG, yeah. I think that was very social media savvy of me to recognize <laughs> that that was an Instagram thing and not the other stuff. You should have said it was for official uh, uh, team radio business. Radio yeah. business. I need yeah. this picture for radio, yeah. you see, because... Now tell everybody that you like me. Yeah. Now, uh, he How is, was he? he? He's got that magnetic personality. You know, everybody wanted to meet him, and... He walks into a room and you just, there's a presence about him. Some people have that it factor. 
And I saw it. We talked about this last year before he played a game. And then we, we saw him play, and it was even better on the field. So he's got it. Just got to keep him out of the hospital, and then you'll be no, that's okay. That's important. That's yeah. kind of important. You know, the funny thing with Watson is that you would think when people say dynamic, I always picture a certain type of personality. Mm-hmm. Like you walk in, you're talking, you come in the room. Right. He's not like that. He's not that type of dynamic. But people just flock to him because there's just – He still has – he has an aura about he, him. He, it's the way he carries himself maybe, mm-hmm. and it's probably everything he's accomplished, I'm sure. Yep. There's that, that allure as well. But even the veteran players, when he was here last year – They're fans. They sort of flocked to him, yeah. which I thought was really interesting. I think in that way I can sort of forgive myself, and I won't wait for your ruling on that. <laughs> Rookies were talking to the media today. I know you talked to a bunch of them. Anybody right. stand out to you? I thought Justin Reed – Yes. I mean, he handles himself vet-like up there at the podium. He did a great job up there. He got a lot of questions about his brother, obviously. I thought he handled it really well, and he genuinely seemed enthusiastic to be here for rookie minicamp. And while some of them may say it, you, I really felt like he just was so excited to be here. He couldn't wait to get on the field, and you love to see that in these younger yeah. players. He wasn't, you know, sometimes players get here, they're a little bit nervous or scared or unsure of how they should be answering the media, but he just really had a lot of personality, and I, and I hope it shows out on the field because it did seem like he was so enthusiastic. But you know these um these Stanford guys are just they're just really engaging yeah. and dynamic and they're they're always fun to talk to. And it's good that they can report because of the new rule. So now they can report exactly. on time and be here and soak it all up. Last year he would not have been here. Mm-hmm. Uh, him and and Peter Columbine, they would not have been here. That's pretty impressive that they're here. That's great. They can learn a lot. And Duke Edgefor is back in Houston. Yeah, he's but he's one of those guys I think that he can contribute, you know. He's not a high round draft choice, but Physically, he has a lot of the tools. He's recovering from an injury. Let's see how it plays out as we go forward with him. Now, what are you going to write about? I wrote about what a typical day is like for the rookies. I asked Bill O'Brien about it. I know they have these really long days. Like today started at 6 a.m. It's going to end at 10 p.m. They were Mm -hmm. here yesterday. We saw them in the building. They were getting their physicals. They were sort of. It's easy to spot a rookie, by the way. Why is that? Because they look like it's not lost so much. (laughs) It's just. Not really quite comfortable in the surroundings just yet. You know, one of them was looking around a little bit yesterday, like where not where's the bathroom kind of stuff, but maybe where's a coach's office or something. And it's natural. You know, they're in a right. building here for the first time. This is a big place. Uh, and I think that it's just natural to go through that sort of transition process. Yeah, it's a lot of fun to have players back in the building. And it was still phase two of the offseason workout. So yep. earlier in the week we had the veterans here, and then we've got the rookies here, and the next week – you know, we'll have more of the veterans and the rookies mixed in together. Can't wait for so that. It, it'll be so exciting. All right. Thanks a lot, DP. Thanks, Mark. All right. That's DP Sidhu. Read her stuff on HoustonTexans.com. She's the lead writer for the website and our stuff on social media. That's going to do it for the show. Thank you, Johnny Harris, for being with us. HoustonTexans.com has all the stuff on the rookies. We'll cover it all for you tomorrow as well at practice at the Houston Methodist Training Center. Check out all the social media platforms for your Houston Texans. Galat at Night is next. Have a great weekend, and go Texans!